And we continue on now live and local and more reaction to the governor's budget speech today. And now joining us in studio, State Representative Tim Butler, Republican of Springfield. And Representative, thank you for taking the time. I know it's a busy day, but we appreciate you coming out and being on the air with us. Jim, good afternoon. It's always always great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. We, of course, have the governor's speech uh, live today at noon on the radio. You were there in person for it. Uh, you've heard the, uh, the address. Uh, in your mind, does the math add up? Is this, in fact, a balanced budget the governor has presented well you know from from what i've seen and what i've read i haven't seen a you know the exact proposal but a lot of the information that's been given to us it's it's certainly balanced on on what the the governor believes are going to be his ideas on revenue coming in the door and that's you know that's what he's required to submit to the general assembly is is a is a balanced budget based on what he believes are, are going to be uh, the revenues uh and then it's up to the General Assembly to uh, enact a balanced budget and, and carry out our responsibilities to get that done. So, you know, uh, I think he, he came in today and, and uh, presented a budget that I think lives within uh, uh, pretty much what's the current revenue structure on, on what we have out there. Um, and, you know, we're going to see what happens. This is it's just a proposal. Uh, I, <clears throat> I'm sure there has not been a single governor's budget proposal that's ever been enacted as it's as it's been proposed because it's up to the general assembly uh and we're going to see what happens uh after the primary election we don't we're not in a session a whole lot until april uh and then we'll get down to nitty-gritty come april may and see if we can't get uh, a true budget done it's based on his view of revenues and apparently his view of the revenues is that they will come from the income tax increase that was approved last year over his veto is it hypocritical to be as outspoken against that tax hike as the governor was to talk about wanting to roll it back, but then budget for the entire amount. Should he not have come out and said, I'm, I'm going to budget for, for less, for what we'd have if we hadn't had that tax increase that I didn't want? I think it's I think it's realistic. I mean, it, the I don't believe, uh, I'd love to see the income tax rolled back. I don't think it's going to be rolled back here uh, in the near future, certainly not in, in this year, I don't believe. So I think it was a realistic uh, budget, and he's living within the, the means that have been presented to him because of the, the tax increase that was implemented last year so I, I you know I, I wouldn't say it's unrealistic I think he he kind of looked at it and said this is these are the cards that I've been dealt as governor and and I'm going to propose a budget that uh, that lives within the means of the revenues that's coming in the door today doesn't that say though that the tax increase was necessary well I think I you know look I the tax increase certainly has helped the bottom line in the state of Illinois. I, I don't doubt that. Uh, I, I I wish we would have continued to negotiate to try to find a solution to get us to a balanced budget without without a tax increase. Uh, but it's the situation that, that we're put in. So uh, I'm not going to criticize anyone who voted for the budget or the fact that that we do have a budget in place. I think it's it's certainly been good for our area that we finally got past the budget impasse. But you know we live in a world today where that's the case, and we're going to have to deal with it moving forward. And if if, if the governor wants to put forward a plan to, to scale back the income tax increase over several years, like he's talking about, I'd, I'd like to see more on that proposal to see what it see what it uh, entails. But obviously, we have a lot of needs in the state as well when it comes to what our expenses are. Are you hearing from constituents yet? Specifically, are you hearing from local school districts about what the governor's plan would mean for them if he's able to pass pension costs back off to local school districts or to community colleges or, or universities? You know, the, 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 the cost shift on, on pensions is something that's been discussed for quite a long time and it's something that I've heard from uh, especially school districts for for a while and they they're rightly concerned that these are costs that uh, would be very difficult for them to pick up I think in the you know in the theoretical sense 
it makes it makes sense to me that a local entity should pick up the cost for their pensions for their employees. So I think theoretically that that you know I, I understand the reasoning for it, and it makes sense to me. In reality, that's a huge burden for our local schools to to pick up without you know without some some other dollars or some other revenue coming in the door. I think what we need to do is take a look and see how the new funding formula rolls out over the next year or two, see how that impacts our local schools positively. And if there are opportunities to to change the pension obligations from the state to the to you know local school districts somehow over time, let's take a look at that. But I think we gotta see see how the, the evidence based model and the more money that's gonna be going to schools, how it rolls out over the next couple of years. So is is that pension shift idea DOA, do you think? Well I think you know it's gonna be discussed, uh, but I think because of the current makeup of the General Assembly being controlled by the Democrats, I think that's a pretty uh, uh, a pretty heavy lift, to say the least, that we would have some sort of massive pension shift uh, take place in, in the current in, in this spring. Do you know a lot of Republicans who would want to vote for that and, and put that cost back on their local school districts? Well, I, you know, again, like I said, I think theoretically, I think there's a lot of people that, that agree with the idea. I think I think you got to figure out how to how to make the dollars work. I think, you know, and, and you certainly don't want to drive it back to the to the local school districts and have them jack up their property rates, or drive it back to the school, school districts and then put a property tax freeze on top and and then wonder what's going to happen to it. But I think you know over the long haul. I, I think there are probably a fair amount of people that believe that some of these costs should go back to. I mean, you know, we don't ask, we don't, you know, the state of Illinois doesn't pay for the the pensions of of the the employees of the city of Springfield or, or Sangamon County or anything like that. So, you know, uh, school districts are local units of government, as as are community colleges. So, I think over the long haul, I think this is a larger discussion we should have. But I just don't see it happen in in the near term. I really don't. What was your reaction to the call to uh, markedly change health insurance benefits for state workers, for retirees, other public sector employees? Well, that's to me that's that's something that's that's bargained by the union, uh, and I know the union has come out and said that. That's currently the the case. Um, that those are set through, uh, you know, bargaining with with the unions over that. So, um, well, can, but let me ask you that because it was reported today, and I I haven't seen where this came from, but I've seen it reported that the governor is in effect calling for taking that out of the mix of collective bargaining, so that public sector workers could no longer bargain over their health insurance. I know the governor in the speech today referenced how they addressed this problem in Massachusetts, and I tried to Google it, couldn't find anything. But is that what he's talking about? Does he want to actually take away the ability? to collectively bargain for for health insurance benefits you know I'm not uh, I'm not positive on that uh, I haven't I haven't talked to the governor's office directly on, on what their plans are for that obviously we've we continue to have a court case over the you know the current situation when it comes around a, a new contract to, with with AFSCME is particularly so you know again I think this this is one of these things that can we look to contain costs in healthcare? Sure, I, I, you know, in the overall theoretical sense, I think that's that's a good thing to do. Can we go more on par with, with you know, what folks pay in the private sector and, and the costs are in the private sector? Sure, but again, it, the world that we live in today is the fact that those are collectively bargained through the contracts uh, with the unions, and I think I, I don't again, I don't see where that's that's going to change a whole lot. I, you know, I will say, you know, I. Uh, look, I'm on state insurance uh, as as a legislator. I, I get to participate in the state insurance plan. I pay like 130 bucks a month for my premium, 
And I think when you, when you talk to people in the private sector about that, they get really frustrated because that's, you know, we do get very good benefits for the state of Illinois. And I don't, I don't you know, I, I think it's great for the employees. But, you know, we also got to look at ways to, to contain some costs. And so, you know, this, these are one of the discussions we're going to continue to have. But again, I don't, I don't see where we're going to change that a whole lot, given the fact that it's currently in the contract. If you're a state worker and you hear the governor up there talking about wanting to shrink your health benefits and wanting to change your pension or to force you to to make a choice on how to change and presumably reduce your your pension benefits, you got to be feeling a little under siege right now, don't you? Well, you know the the pension change, the consideration model actually came from President Cullerton. I mean, he's the one that first that first really advocated the 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 uh, uh, consideration model. Um, you know, I. Look, we have constitutional obligations to our state workers uh, about their pensions. It's in the Constitution that's been to the courts. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about pensions and, and the consideration whether or not you can you can make one choice or the other. And if it's voluntary, then you'd, you'd be within the legal means. I, I personally think that that's probably it's going to be challenged in court and probably would again be found unconstitutional. But that's, that's certainly up to the courts to decide. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, so much, so much of the, the the funding that comes out of our, our revenues goes to pension costs, goes to uh, you know some of the that takes up a big chunk of the the budget that we have, and so we got to continue to have these discussions about how how can we help contain these costs, how can we maybe maybe you know level them out so we've got more money to spend on other things. That's part of the problem why so many of these other programs get cut in funding because we have so many obligations when it comes to pensions and benefits and to, and to Medicaid. That, that eats up a big chunk of the budget. And I'm not saying that those are bad programs. I'm saying it's the reality of the situation is that you know, we just don't have the money for other programs because so much of it gets it gets taken in pension costs. I don't know if it's just me, and tell me if you heard it too, but it sounded to me today like a more conciliatory tone from the governor. Well, that he... I, 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 look, and it, I, this did not get reported hardly at all. He started the day with the meeting with the four leaders before right. his budget address, right. and that has not happened in a long time. And I took that as a tremendously positive sign that the governor... Uh, who honestly was not all that engaged in the budget negotiations personally, uh, took the time to meet with the four layers in advance of the, uh, of the budget address. And I, I agree with you as well. You know, uh, it's, it's a political season and everybody's got their barbs, but I thought the governor did, did a good job of, of really setting a conciliatory tone. I, I agree with you on that. And that's hopefully that's a good, uh, that's a sign of things to come this spring. It, it, should we assume that it's sincere? It's an election year. Everybody wants to look like they're being more statesmanlike. But a, a week or two ago, the governor was calling Mike Madigan a crook. Now he wants to sit down and let's all work together and, and come to terms. Can we believe it? Well, I think uh, on all sides, it would be nice if we legislated during legislated during legislative season and campaign during campaign season. But we know that's not the case. But that shouldn't stop us from being able to sit down like adults and hammering out a compromise over the budget uh and and you know look the campaigns are going to be the campaigns that's that's the way it's going to be uh but you know i i think everybody needs to take a step back uh take a breath and say all right let's get through this this spring session and try to get a budget in place and and i think everybody needs to be engaged on that the four leaders and the governor have to be engaged on that 
it sounds from what you've said probably isn't going anywhere, including the the pension shift and uh, probably the uh, the rolling back of, of health insurance benefits for state workers is going to be a tough lift with the Democratic controlled legislature, too, uh, that we're a long way from balance in, in this budget. So any idea where we make it up? Well, I mean, I think what what has come out with this proposal and with the discussion that's happened, especially over the last few weeks, is the fact that the that the budget that was enacted over the governor's veto that was that was put in place by the legislature with the tax increase was not in balance. It wasn't, and the governor's been saying that. And so, you know, I think. For and by the way, on top of that, we also have the couple of billion dollars in unappropriated expenditures from the governor's agencies that are still sitting there too. So exactly, and and our, you know, we we paid down the the fifteen billion backlog and cut that about in half, but now we're adding up bills again, and now we've put that money, we've borrowed that money to do it. So we're gonna have. I mean, there's gonna have to be cuts because I don't. I do not anticipate another tax increase or another mm-hmm. revenue streams coming down the pike. So we're going to have to sit around and figure out where you're going to cut some programs to be able to put us in that $37.5 billion range that we've got the revenue coming in. I think that's one of the reasons why also, and one of the most frustrating things for those of us Republicans in the House, we haven't had a revenue estimate come out of the legislature in a long time. We need our own estimate on, on what the revenue is going to be so we can make informed decisions about it. Representative Tim Butler, thanks as always for your time. We appreciate it. We'll be in touch a lot during this spring session, I'm sure. You're welcome.